luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. And my hope is that we come together to share more than technology and expertise and products, but that we share a vision of a future that is better than today. A vision of technology as the driver of human progress. Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Luminaries. This is Mark Schaefer with my co-host, Doug Carr. How are you, Doug? I'm doing fantastic. Today, this is, we are on a geek fest today. Aren't we, Doug? Yes. This is a geek fest. <laughs> this is a dream is come like, true. To me, we, we've got this amazing guest today, Mike Cronus. He's the CIO at Draper. And I'm looking through his website, and this is like the secret Batman lab at Wayne Enterprises that develops all those cool technologies. This is I'm just geeking out over our guest today. And I think this is going to come as close as I ever will be to Batman, which makes me <laughs> kind of sad. But So, Michael... Your website is is uh, dazzling. Uh, you seem to have a hand in everything awesome at Draper. You, you're into spaceflight, self-driving cars. You might even be into flying cars. I don't know. We'll find that out today. <laughs> you're into medicine. So tell us a little bit about your enterprise. This, it's a nonprofit, right? Right. We are, we are actually a not-for-profit organization, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, an extremely diverse organization overall. I think from a technology perspective, software and technology, there's probably nothing that we don't have or hasn't passed through the door at one time or another. Well, what about the flying cars? (laughs) Is that in your wheelhouse at all? I take one home every once in a while. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Batman told you. No, so, uh, so, uh, so tell us a little bit more about your your mi- the mission of the organization. Sure. I mean, what's what's the purpose driving this? Well, you know, it's actually it's interesting you use the word mission, right? So, traditionally, Draper has been a a DoD contractor focused on guidance systems for Trident missiles. Uh, we worked on Apollo moon landings and guidance systems there as well. That's been the bread and butter, and we've started to really more diversify into the commercial space using a lot of the technology that was developed for those core pieces but then redeployed in different ways to meet other new challenges for the world. That's cool. So it's almost like you're looking at your core technologies and then like dreaming up new new applications. It's a- absolutely, you know, yeah. in, in many ways it's the the company is 40ish years old. There's a lot of intellectual property that's been developed over the years that's been put on the shelf. They may have been developed for one thing 25 years ago, 30 years ago, wasn't deployed. We'll take those things, look at them, blow the dust off a little bit, and say, what's going on today? Can we actually use some of what was invented 25 years ago to address a different problem today that was not even around then? Awesome. Awesome. That's incredible. Well, tell us a little bit about your personal story. I mean, how did this just seems like the coolest job in the world to me. Mm -hmm. Um, how, How did you arrive there at Draper? Well, you know, it's it's been kind of an interesting journey for me. Um, I've been in the DOD space for about 15 years and worked at a peer organization, uh, also in Massachusetts, and uh, have known Draper for, you know, 20-ish years. Um, it just so happens that, you know, I, I bump into one person and uh, have a conversation and uh, opportunities were, were appropriate. So it's one of those scenarios where you just at the right place at the right time. 
Um, my prior role, I was a deputy CIO in a peer organization, so I had a lot of the exposure to the same type of customers, technology, challenges, mission um, that I do at Draper. So it was a great fit. So, so was your background always kind of technology? No, you know, I mean, it, starting out in life in general, I was in sales. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing led to another. I never thought I would end, actually end up in technology. But one of the pieces that I've seen is it's really been a driving force um, for organizations to push them forward. And it's also been an, a great opportunity personally um, to just, you know, really kind of explore. I think be creative and innovative, right, too. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of creative and innovative, let's talk about a few of the things that you're working on. And the thing that kind of blew my mind on your site was this thing called Dragonfly. So I'm just going to read the words right off your right off your website because people won't believe this. It's an internal research and development project already showing process pro promise as a way to guide the flight path of dragonflies. Potential applications of the technologies underpinning dragonfly include guided pollination, payload delivery, reconnaissance, and even precision medicine and di diagnostics. I mean, this is just really uh, amazing. It sounds like something from X-Men or something. So is, is this the most exciting thing you've got going, or what can you talk about that's not, not like <laughs> super secret, or maybe talk about something that is super secret? <laughs> And uh, what, what's, what's got you really excited? What makes you go, wow, when you go to work? Well, you know, I think you go back to the word mission. So I was always really keyed in on the mission, and I think it's a mission of defense of the nation, right, and from a DOD perspective. Draper's mission's a little bit more broad, although we have a big portion of the organization that's focused on DOD delivery. The other commercial parts of it that are growing really are exciting because mm. – we're starting, we're addressing problems for third world countries. You know, we're addressing medical issues. We're addressing how do you, how do you provide precise medicine for, you know, diagnosis and, and treatment uh, much more quickly than in the past. So the dragonfly is kind of the, one of the more well-known, I'd say. Sexy. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I mean, it's right that's out. Right. You, that's what's on your tip of your tongue. Exactly. I was going to say that. In DOD, yeah. there's probably some rule you can't say that. Right? <laughs> well, I'll say it for you. But, you know, the, the, the cool, sexy stuff that's there, um, that's fun. And, but it really goes back to kind of delivering that mission, right? And our, part of our mission is to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. How do you help to solve problems? And, again, it's taking that technology and redeploying it in different ways. So when you take a look at Dragonfly, the technology that enabled us to do that is nothing new in many ways. It's taking other technologies that we've had and putting them together in a different way to go after solving a different problem. Mm -hmm. You know, miniaturizing things, the, the, the microfluidics, the, the chip manufacturing, those things, there's nothing really quote-unquote new, but it's looking at things in a different way, bringing different technologies together to address something. It's, it's so interesting because it seems to me that could be a model for a lot of companies. Like, like you said, just dusting off things and seeing how it can be applied in new ways. What's the process behind that? How do you prioritize and make that kind of magical mashup happen? Well, I, you know, first I want to go back to your comment about intellectual property, right? Mm -hmm. We absolutely are. Intellectual property is the key. Mm -hmm. And um, ensuring that you've, you've captured that appropriately and you know what you've got there to kind of draw back on from a library of that information. Um, but it, what it comes down to 
from a prioritization perspective, I think in many ways it, it comes back to what's going on in the world today, what are our customers coming to us with. Um, for example, we may have uh, autonomous vehicle needs, right? So we've got, we've got companies that will come to us and they'll say, you know, we've got this great product around autonomous vehicles, but we need it to be more accurate. We need to, you know, fine tune some different things. We'll then take what's there and, and use some of our intellectual property to kind of crisp it up and really, and really refine it better mm-hmm. for delivery. Awesome. awesome. Certainly, yeah, that's a great that's a great model for the for the world today. It is, it is. All right, well, we we got to talk about your favorite technology. Let's <laughs> talk about my my. Uh, so when I was doing my research, the one that caught me um, was the take me home system for our astronauts. So we've all seen the movies with the astronaut drifting off in space. They always do. <laughs> yeah. They drift. It's Unless like in every movie. They, they lose the tether yeah. and then they float off oh in no, space. Oh no, George Clooney, don't fly away. <laughs> yeah. But this is actually a system uh, that you guys devised uh, that that doesn't even need the astronaut, I guess, that, to guide them right back to the right back to the vessel. Right, and it actually, you know, we we've had a history of space exploration um, from a Draper perspective, going back to Apollo, and as we continue to evolve, we're seeing again. This is other customers coming to us with other problems that they're trying to solve. So obviously you've seen this from the movies with George Clooney and yeah, everyone, yeah. right? That this has been a problem for George Clooney in the past. <laughs> and so we, we, felt, his thing. we felt very passionate about solving George's problem. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it, while I think it's really interesting to talk about it from a perspective of space exploration, um, because that's, again, goes back to sexy. That's what gets everybody's attention. If you think about it from a perspective of a firefighter in a building, and I've, I've mentioned this before, it, um, you have a firefighter in a building, he has lost his way. Yeah. So now you've got a real world scenario that I think we can all probably relate to at one time or another. How does that firefighter get out of the building safely? Mm-hmm. And it's the same type of concept and technology that can enable that. Yeah, fascinating. Well, uh, we've been doing this for a while, and really the heart of our podcast is exploring this world of of digital transformation and strategy. I believe you're the first not-for-profit organization that we've interviewed. So I think that's an interesting angle. Does that help you, or does that hurt you in terms of your freedom, your ability, the speed that you can begin the transfer uh, the digital transformation process for your organization you know I don't even look at the type of organization we are impacting how how much we can go after digital transformation I think it's it's really it comes down to what the willingness of the organization is and the need um, you know quite honestly I've been in again in that not-for-profit or research community for a long time and what I see is a, is, is a tendency to be a little bit more stagnant, right? There's not a lot of agility and progressiveness in what are the, the, some of the technologies and processes and the business processes that those organizations function around. I think we've got an opportunity. We've got a, a newer leadership team in, in the past several years that have come on board, and they come from the commercial side mainly. So they look at things very differently than a traditional DOD space or not-for-profit type scenario. So they're looking at things almost with a commercial eye and the need for agility, the need for change, right, the need for innovation, 
um, automation, and you know this goes people, process, and technology. It's really about looking at what do I have for people? What are their skill sets? Are they the right skill sets? What processes do I have today? What do I throw out? What do I redo? And then obviously foundational technology, making sure that we've got the right refresh um, across the board there. You know, you've meant, you mentioned the, the, the people part of it, which uh, I find is sometimes more difficult than the technology part of it. You can make technology do whatever you want. So what does that mean for you as a, as a leader? How do you make people feel safe with change? It, we actually had, uh, I had a, an all hands, you know, every six months or so. The last one that I did was all focused around change because I needed to actually, you're exactly right, I needed to get people comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it was, number one, reassuring them that we're all in this journey together. And it's okay to change. I have some of my staff members have been there for 20. Actually, I have one staff member that was just recognized for 50 years of service. Wow. So nice. you've got, uh, we've got half of the department at this point in time that has really kind of turned over and it's newer, it's millennials. And then we've got folks that have been there for 30, 40, 50 years. And so you really need to make that balance, show them that we value, mm -hmm. right, the, the history that they come in with and also want to kind of marry that with new perspective. So it's a matter of really kind of being upfront as a leader to make sure you're, you're kind of pushing that message constantly and supporting it through actions. I mean, that's really an important part of diversity in what you're trying to do too. You need the old hands. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, the history, it's, the history of Draper is incredibly deep and, and wonderful, right? And we need to take that in the right way. Mm -hmm. and, and move it forward. And quite honestly, some of the guys, some of the women that are working from an IT perspective that have been there for a long time, they are such great mentors to the newer staff that's there. And um, so it's really nice to kind of see that, that bridge start to get built. Yeah, well, congratulations. That's, that's, you sound like you're doing a great job there. It's, been a, it's actually been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it seems at the, at the core of Draper, you're an innovation company. I mean, you have to uh, with all of these problems. And, I, and I, I love that you talked a little bit about passing that culture along. Is, is there a story here for other companies that aren't like Draper that maybe don't have that culture internal on how they can bring innovation in and, and build it as part of their building blocks within an organization? You know, I think uh, there's one piece that I go back to we have uh, obviously a number of core values as an organization, right? One of them is respect. And it, to me, that resonates um, pretty, pretty loudly in how you, you're interacting with your, with your peers throughout the organization, right? So everybody brings something different to the table. Everybody has really great innovative ideas. And it's up to leadership to stand back, let produce an environment that they can feel comfortable in sharing those ideas. And that's what I think really drives a lot of the innovation. When you have an environment where you stifle people from kind of contributing, no matter what the idea is, I think you lose out tremendously. So not-for-profit, commercial, FFR, you know, it doesn't matter what type of organization it is. I think creating that culture of openness um, drives that innovation piece. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, you know, you've 
been so really inspiring with what you're telling us today and you've you know really made such great achievements and it just must be so energizing to work in this creative environment and you see this blend of technologies and these blends of teams working together what is challenging from a, a CIO perspective when you get together with your other CIOs what are you what are you working through what's what's giving you headaches and uh, you know what what are your personal challenges in a role of just relentless change? Well, I think um, there are things that are internal and external, right? I'll start with some of the internal. Um, we probably have some of the most challenging internal customers known to man. So I am dealing with PhDs from MIT who absolutely can tell me how to do my job technically. And it's really about building good relationships with them and understanding what they're doing. Um, it's a, I mean, they're tough. They're tough. But I think that's what makes it fun, too, is that there's that, big, that really big challenge that's there. Yeah. And what I found is they're incredibly appreciative when you can partner with them and bring them solutions to help them drive. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really, really wonderful. Um, I think externally, some of the factors and things that obviously keep me up at night, uh, security, right? I mean, that's an easy one. Um, throw it out there. We have uh, a, an interesting profile in which we're a DOD contractor, uh, which makes us unique, but we also have a growing commercial side of the business. So we have this weird two-headed dragon where it's very locked down, and then the other side of the business is I want to be open and collaborate with everybody. So that's a little bit, a little bit tough. Within Draper, uh, unlike a typical organization where um, someone might get written up or something if they if they didn't do a good job, you guys are in life and death situations with the technology that you guys are creating. And it seems to me if there was one type of organization that would probably struggle with innovation, it's one with so much risk you know that, that you guys have. So how do you balance that within your organization? How are you getting both innovation, but you have the fault tolerance there to make sure that everything is, you know, safe and exact. So it's not solved through technology. Um, what I, the way I look at that is it's really about engaging with our customers internally, right? We, there was, there's always, or there has been a disconnect between, if you think about security for a second, right? When I have to say to my customers internally, you need to put a password in here, the password has to be X number of digits long. They look at me and say, why do you want to make my life so tough? How do I have to, I have to remember another password? And when you sit down and you actually bring them together and you have a dialogue and you can educate them and say, the reason I'm doing that is because of these external factors, then they say, oh, I never realized this. I never realized you needed to put this layered security in place to keep us safe. Well, I, I get it. And so I think a lot of it has been relationships, right? If, if you're having transparent, candid conversations with your customers and you're sharing with them your pain points as well, saying, hey, let's, here's a, a day in my life. Why don't you follow me around for a day? Here's the things that are going on and the challenges we're having. It, it brings a new perspective that I think that they've really appreciated. As you look to the future, what's the one technology that excites you the most? I mean, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence and blockchain and nanotechnology. What's the one that's saying, yep, this is one we need to keep our eye on, invest in. This is going to drive a lot of what we do in the future. 
Well, I do think that comes back. I like AI. Yeah. I think that will be um, really fun. And when I say fun, I, I look at it from a perspective of how do I start to, to blend that in with my service offerings, right? Can I get to a point where I can have a researcher actually speak what they need and have a device that captures that and provisions a system based mm-hmm. on that request? Um, you know, and building automation in around that. I think there's a lot of promise to that, to break, to bring out or, or get rid of some of the less, effi- less effective and efficient processes that's there. Yeah. Well, Michael, it's been so amazing talking to you. And the last question I have, I guess, is I often have a need to uh, become invisible. So <laughs> how's the cloaking device coming? I mean, it, let's be honest with you. Yeah, me. that's, you know, we've had a couple of mishaps with that. Um, unfortunately, the, the last CIO used that cloaking <laughs> So it provided me an opportunity. So. <laughs> cloaking device as career opportunity. You heard it here, folks, first. You heard it here first. Michael, thank you so much. Uh, you've been so great, so generous with your time today. And for people who want to learn more about you and your company, where would you direct them on the web? I'd go to our website. It's draper.com. Draper.com. Thank you, Michael, so much. Uh, And this is Mark Schaefer and Doug Liscar. Thank you so much for listening to Luminaires, where we talk to the brightest minds in tech. We will see you next time. Luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech, a podcast series from Dell Technologies.